0: The new Baseball America Top 100 list is out. Who moved up, who's new to the list, and who dropped down? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So one of the most reputable and uh, oldest websites in the prospect apparatus, as we talk about, is Baseball America. Uh, they are well-respected for what they do. They just did their May update to the top 100 list. Uh, always a big thing here, a uh, uh, reminder to be eligible. You have to not be over 130 at-bats or 50 innings pitched or 30 pitching appearances. They use different rules. Than MLB. And so that's why Gabriel Moreno was on here for a while. And was not a prospect according to MLB. Uh, Looking at some of the biggest movers. uh, It wasn't a big move as far as number of spots. He only went up five spots. But we have to open this with Jackson Holliday. Of the Baltimore Orioles. Being a top 10 prospect. He went from number 12 to number 7. And it's wild to think about. Jackson Holiday at this time last year was in high school. And he is a top 10 prospect in all of baseball and he's legitimately performed like one to justify the spot. So again, number like number 1 overall pick last year, he spent a little bit of time in Low A, 12 games in Low A last year. 238 439 333. 4 doubles, no home runs. 15 walks to 10 strikeouts, one for two on stolen bases. And most of who he was playing in low A, like those were guys who were full season guys. A lot of, I mean, he skipped rookie ball and went straight to full season. We saw him this year at spring training. I mean, 19 years old out there at spring training and holding his own, looking okay. And then he's already gotten promoted once in the minor. So he goes back to low A Del Marva to open this season and spends uh, game-wise game just over two weeks there because they play six games a week. So just over two weeks there. In his 13 games in low A for Jackson Holiday, 392, 523, 667. Two home runs, nine extra base hits. One of those is a triple. 14 walks to 12 strikeouts and three for three on stolen bases. Some of the things that we look for on the show, we talk about that slash line when you hit three, four, five. That's a delineator between a dude and a guy. He almost hit four, five, six on the slash line at age 19 when a year ago he was in high school. It's ridiculous. So, the Orioles go ahead and promote him to High A Aberdeen. He's got 11 games as of time of recording. In those 11 games, 310, 431, 524, two home runs, four extra base hits, one of those is a triple, nine walks to 11 strikeouts, and five for six on stolen bases. So yes, everything drops down a little bit as far as the batting average, the on base, the slugging, but. I, and for the first time, he has more strikeouts than walks. But he's stealing. He steals a lot more bases. He's hitting. Uh, I mean, he's hitting just as many home runs. It feels like the differences in all those gappers, the uh, the the doubles. Those aren't what's showing up. He went from six doubles in Delmarva to one double in Aberdeen. It's something where you know we talk on the show about like you have to find a prospect's true talent level, and I think. Jackson Holiday's true talent level is high A right now. Uh, It's wild to think about he's 19 years old. And when this is all said and done, he could potentially have five plus grades. Because uh, speed, he's solidly plus. The arm is plus. The defense at shortstop is plus. He is a true shortstop. He's going to stick at shortstop. Uh, the, The hit tool is a plus hit tool. Uh, very, very good strike zone discipline already. I mean, if you think about it, uh, his dad was an MLB All-Star in Matt Holliday. His uncle Josh was a, uh, is a college head coach at Oklahoma State. So he's been around baseball for a long time. But I like moving him to high A Aberdeen because you have an opportunity for him to see better quality breaking pitches, to see uh, more controlled high-velocity you know, you're not seeing a ton of of ridiculous velocity in high school. So let's get him some guys throw in 98, 99, things like that. So he can, he can adjust to it and has, he, as he continues to physically develop, we'll see if the power ends up being plus or just right now where everybody has him in above average, only above average. It's the only tool that's not plus for Jackson holiday. Some other guys that moved on this list quite a bit, uh, and, the list itself is not free, but I believe the recap story that talks about a lot of this is free. Uh, by the way, if you're not paying for Baseball America, go pay for Baseball America. It's a great website, fantastic resource. If you like prospects, you'll definitely enjoy Prospect America. Uh, two of them stood out to me. Shortstop Junior Caminero was tied with Mason Miller of the A's, who we we broke down his first start. Uh, right now, he's out with looks like a flexor strain. But Junior Caminero, shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays, had tied for the biggest jump. He went. 46 spots from 98 to 52. And I just need to, because it's hilarious to me, I need to read you the stat line after 23 games in High A Bowling Green with, I believe, the Hot Rods uh, for Junior Caminero. 372, 427, 713 slugging. It's an 1140 OPS. Uh, eight home runs. 14 extra base hits, two of those are triples. Six walks to 23 strikeouts, two of three on stolen bases. Like we said, I think it was last week's mailbag, Junior Caminero might be a top 25 prospect when the season's over. Top 25, top 50, he's going to be up there. I mean, he's he's 52 right now. If you just factor in some graduations, which you're definitely going to have, Brett Beatty's on this list, he's going to graduate soon. He was a big jump on here. Then he's... Absolutely top 50 and maybe a top 25. I may have undershot on that. And Jacob may have been right. Shout out to Jacob there. But the other guy that I think is, is interesting, and it, not that I don't agree, but I've got more questions than everybody else does, is Dalton Rushing of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 2022 second rounder out of Louisville. He's a catcher. But he was behind Henry Davis at Louisville for two years. So he didn't even catch until like his his final year in college. So last year... In low A, 28 games, 424, 539, 778, eight home runs, 19 extra base hits, 21 walks to 21 strikeouts, one for one on stolen bases. Very, very healthy slash line. This was when he first got into professional ball last year. I mean, he spent like two games in rookie ball, like five at-bats, and they were like, okay, yeah, you're out of here. You're done with this. And so that was low A last year. Now, this year, he is in high A Great Lakes, so the weather has something to do with this because it's cold. it's been colder up there, but 24 games in high A, 271, 447, 529, five home runs, 11 extra base hits, and shout out to the catcher, one of those is a triple, 26 walks to 29 strikeouts, again in 24 games, and uh, no stolen base attempts. He's not exclusively playing catcher. He didn't last year. He's not this year. He's got 31 games at catcher and eight at first base and eight games as a DH. And offensively, the power's very good. The hit tool is only graded out as average. And offensively, I like Dalton Rushing. Don't get me wrong. He's a massive guy. Like he was a linebacker in high school, uh, just packed full of muscle, crushes baseballs. He has some, like the plate discipline's really good. His issues are mechanical, right? Uh, I mean, he's, he's 6'2", 220. So it's getting, getting into those it, up and in fastballs, things like that. Like getting pitches like that, getting the bat on them and turning on them is difficult for him. But the reason why I'm not as high on Dalton Russian as a lot of other people are, and he moved up 16 spots from 96 to 80. So he was already on the list, but uh, is his catching. He's very, very raw as a catcher. The arm is plus, but the accuracy isn't really good. The receiving's not good. The blocking's not good. He has a lot of work he has to do. Framing, all of the basics. And so he's in essence having to learn to be a catcher in professional baseball. It's similar to drafting a prep catcher, right? He's having to learn how to be a catcher in the bigs. Now, This is the one system where if you're going to have a guy who has tools, you can absolutely let him learn in the minors and take your time because you have Will Smith at the big league level, you have Diego Cartaya higher in the system, you have plenty of catching options. But Dalton Rushing feels like a guy who may eventually end up being a first baseman or a DH. And of course, you've got Freddie Freeman there long term in LA, so that complicates things. In just a minute, let's talk about the guys who are new to this list uh, and and kind of what they did to get here. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at GameTime. If you're like me, you don't want to stress out about going to a sporting event. Part of the reason that I'm not spontaneous when it comes to sporting events is because buying tickets is never easy. And Game Time is trying to fix that. They're the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports concerts, comedy shows, theater, all of that kind of stuff near you. They have killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. So you don't have to stress about the tickets and you can just get hyped for the fun you're going to have. So the way it works, the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. So download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, a couple guys who are new to this list coming in at the very back of the list. First one is Heston Kirstad of the Baltimore Orioles. 2020 first rounder out of Arkansas, you may remember this uh, in an exam, a medical exam after signing, they discovered he had myocarditis. It's heart muscle inflammation. From what I understand, it was a side effect or it was a byproduct or whatever, something that happened as a result of him having COVID. So he misses the entire 2021 season. And the way that inflammation of the heart muscle works is in essence, you can't get your heart rate up. You can't do things that get your heart rate up. So no physical activity, no working out. And so when he came back last year, uh, one, he almost immediately, I think he tweaked a hamstring in spring training, which happens a ton with guys in spring training, but especially somebody who, in essence, didn't play for close to a year. Delays his start. He finally debuts in June, starts off in low A, goes to ends up in high A Aberdeen to finish the year. His combined slash line last year, 65 games, 309, 394, 457, five home runs, 24 extra base hits, 29 walks to 64 strikeouts in 65 games, one for one on stolen bases. Again, you could see the effect of the layoff on his timing and on his power production. He goes to the AFL, does pretty well in the AFL, and then this year, he is in Double A buoy. 24 games. 298, 383, 638, 8 home runs, again in 24 games, where he had 5 in 65 games last year. So, 8 home runs in 24 games, 14 extra base hits, 8 walks to 17 strikeouts, 3 of 5 on stolen bases. I still don't think his speed is above average. It's somewhere between below fringe to average, but stealing more bases, feeling more confident. He played a little bit of center field. In the Arizona Fall League, I do still think he's a corner outfield guy. The arm is above average, but I think ultimately the range means you're going to keep him in a corner. But Heston Kierstad has started to show, I mean, like his—he you value him more for the bat than for the defense, but he should be able to hold his own in a corner. The arm should be strong enough to be your right fielder. And you're now in a scenario, age 24 in double A, I could see if this is going as well as it is right now. Uh, He gets bumped up to AAA later, and he's an option probably next year in Baltimore. Just adds to that list of of position player options that they have in Baltimore to get called up and to do stuff. Another guy was added to the list, shortstop Ronnie Mauricio of the Mets, 2017 IFA, and Polarizing prospect for a lot of people. Not all of us in the prospect apparatus are believers in Ronnie Mauricio. The power is real. We believe in the power. Kid can crush a baseball when he gets one. But the everydayers can say it with me. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. So last year, 123 games in A Binghamton. He spends the whole season there. 259, 296, 472. 26 home runs. 54 extra base hits, again in 123 games, so not quite one every other game, but a healthy ratio. 24 walks to 125 strikeouts, again in 123 games, so striking out just over once a game. 20 of 31 on stolen bases. And this year, he's been in AAA Syracuse, and he's improved just about every metric across the board, okay? So... Uh, 336, 371, 582 is the slash line. Brought up the on base by 80 points, brought up the batting average by 80 points, brought up the slugging by 110 points because slugging, you know, exponential, getting more hit, but whatever. Uh, six home runs, 19 extra base hits, six walks to 25 strikeouts, six and nine on stolen base. He's on pace to be better with strikeouts. Uh, he's on pace to have a higher. Stolen base percentage, again, at a higher level of competition. And it's something where they've started to work him in some other positions. Obviously, you have Francis Golendor at short. He's played 19 games at a shortstop and 12 at second base. The arm is plus. The speed isn't necessarily great. I think that you could play him at third base. Obviously, you have Brett Beatty. You don't necessarily need to. I think he also could be good enough in an outfield corner. Right field or left field, the arm is good enough for right. I feel like right field or left field, especially with a good center fielder next to him. And, you know, in Nemo, you could play him in either one of those corner spots. But the only thing he's done in professional baseball is short in second, and he didn't add second until this year. And the whole thing here is the whole knock on Ronnie Mauricio for the longest time was he did not have good swing decisions. He would chase at stuff. He would. I mean, it's almost like he would predetermine he was going to swing before the ball came. And so, like when you combine, and this Baseball America had a great stat, and I think it was in the the piece or it was in their write up on him or something. But in 21 and 22, he had a combined more than 800 plate appearances and a combined on base of 296. He was one of 12 players that had at least 800 plate appearances and a body, and an on base under 300. Well. Smaller sample size of 34 games, but significantly improved with a 371 on base. So if he really has fixed the swing decisions, then Ronnie Mauricio absolutely is a guy that should be able to help the Mets either by playing some second base or by getting flipped for some sort of probably pitching help, I would assume at this point. So either way, Ronnie Mauricio should be able to help the Mets this year. The third guy it's Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers, 2025th rounder out of high school and did a lot of good work last year to lower his strikeout rate. Uh, got a shoulder injury in June, so it cut his year short. He did go to the AFL and now he's going. So high A last year for Colt Keith. 48 games, 301, 375, 44. Nine home runs, 26 extra base hits, 22 walks to 42 strikeouts and four four on stolen bases. This year, he is in double A. So they moved him from West Michigan to Erie, and in Erie in 27 games, 272, 331, 474. So everything came back a little bit, but biggest jump in the minors is high A to double A. Uh, six home runs, I'm sorry, five home runs, 12 extra base hits, nine walks to 32 strikeouts, no stolen base attempts. So the strikeout rates ticked up a little bit, goes along with the the jump into double A, that's fully expected, and it's fine. I think the big thing for Colt Keith is he just needs reps, right? If you, I mean, if, if you think about, he lost his 2020 season. He was a high school draftee, so he didn't play in 2020. 2021, he gets, I think he got like 60 games in. And then 22, he gets hurt halfway through. And so he's just, he needs reps at third base. I think the arm is plus, I believe he used to be a pitcher. So that's kind of part of that there. Uh, the defense is good. The speed's a little bit below average. Uh, there was some talk about playing him at second. One, you just drafted one of the... Um, is it Jace Young? You drafted Jace Young. Not, I always get Jason Josh's names mixed up. You drafted Jace Young, so you don't need a Colt Keith at second, but also just the speed and the range. I think he's better at third base, and you can let the arm eat at third base. It is a plus arm, if not a little bit better. So the whole thing here, he needs reps. He needs defensive tuning. And then he just needs to cement that offensive improvement, and you could see him this year, probably the very end of the year, a brief cup of coffee in Detroit, but more likely just in AAA. In just a minute, let's get to the guys who dropped in the list, so they dropped back into the, uh, later on the list, stayed in the top 30, but dropped back, and talk about why, and we'll do that next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at So Rare. I really am enjoying So Rare. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners. Officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 MLB teams. And the idea is you own the cards. So you collect them, you can buy them, you can sell them, you can compete with your cards against other people. You enter the game weeks. There's two game weeks per calendar week, Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday. You have... Uh, A seven-person lineup. Starting pitcher, relief pitcher, corner infielder, middle infielder, outfielder, extra hitter, and a flex. The flex can be anybody but Shohei Otani. He kind of breaks the game. And you get points, positive or negative, based on how your guys do. And you turn around and you're on the leaderboard. The higher on the leaderboard, the better prizes you can get. You can get rare cards. You can get game tickets. You can get merchandise and autographs and Fan experiences, there's tons of cool things that you can get. And the best part is, it is completely free to play. I have been playing now for almost the entire season, and I have not spent a single penny. And I had now have some rare cards that are worth some actual money. I could turn around and sell them right now if I wanted to. So head to sorare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E dot com slash locked on. To draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, so rare.com slash on to start playing today. Okay, so there's some guys that dropped down this list. And you can kind of group it into a couple different reasons, right? There's guys who dropped due to injury. And the big one here, Daniel Espino, was doing very, very well pitching for the Guardians. He was... Uh, uh, hurt early in the year last year, like late April, did not pitch the rest of the year. He just had shoulder surgery that they said is going to keep him out another 12 months. So it's now going to be sometime in 2024 before he's back on a mound. So lack of, you know, uh, how your skills will atrophy while you're not able to throw and all of that, they dropped him from 34 to 87. You hate it for him? I understand. couple... Uh, guys that were dropped because of ineffectiveness. And bad news, Red Sox. You had four guys in this article, and three of them were moving down. Matsutake Yoshida went up, uh, which a lot of people panned that signing, including me, and a lot of us are eating crow, including me. But three Red Sox guys went down. And uh, the big ones for me, Miguel Blyce, something where we talked about super toolsy, super raw. And they're absolutely seeing that in his swing decisions and the actual swing. So his his issues with strikeouts are not just swing and miss because of chasing something. It's also holes in the swing. So we sometimes try to we sometimes lose track of is a guy striking out because he's swinging at bad pitches or he has a bad swing or in this case it's kind of both. So a lot of work for Miguel Blyce. Saddain Raffaella has also backed up on that list for the Red Sox. Uh, 116 games last year in double A. 299, 342, 539. 113 strikeouts in 116 games. Okay. Defensively, he's incredibly fast. He can play center field. He can play corner. He can play shortstop. Gives you a lot of options. Probably plus in center, probably above average at short. Sounds like a guy the Red Sox might need. We talked in yesterday's show about a better option in David Hamilton that you will see before you see either Rafaela or Marcelo Meyer. But the issue and the reason they dropped him back in this list, and it was from uh, 64 back to 76, so he lost 12 spots, is he's repeating double A, 24 games in right now, 257, 286, 356. So the slash line's worse in all three respects, uh, 27 strikeouts in 24 games. He doesn't walk a ton, and the strikeout rate is about the same. So part of me thinks this might just be a slump versus some sort of significant, versus Zden uh, Raphael legitimately getting worse when he repeated the level. I really feel like this is just some sort of slump, um, simply because, again, it's a scenario where uh everything looks kind of the same. But he I mean, he doesn't walk a ton, he's still not walking a ton. Uh the strikeout rate similar. It's just he's either last year was an aberration, which again 116 games combined last year. Feels like that's too much to be an aberration, although I will clarify 45 in Haye Greenville, 71 in Portland, AA Portland. 71 should be enough to have an accurate idea. Uh so it feels like this might just be a slump to start the year for Zidane Raffaella. So I think you're fine either way. Noel v. Marte of the Cincinnati Reds has been playing some not third base. I'm sorry, playing some not shortstop. He's been playing third base, things like that. He's committed six errors in 27 games. Offensively, he's struggled as well. So a question, you have so many middle infielders in this system. Matt McClain was just outside the top 100. I think they put out a separate piece about that just outside of top 100. He hit for the cycle for Louisville just the other day. And so it's tough for Nuevo Marte. You're going to have to hit because defensively, you're not considered to be a plus guy defensively. You're going to have to make it work with the bat. Uh, Everson Pereira of the New York Yankees returned to double A, but the strikeout rate is still around 30%. And so he's same thing as Rafaela. Like he's not getting better repeating the level again, it is still early enough where this could just be sample size noise. I don't quite know. Uh, Drew Jones is actually kind of in both buckets, both in effectiveness and injury. So you remember he got hurt last year, had the uh, I think the labrum tear. It's like the third straight Diamondbacks first rounder to have a labrum, like a torn shoulder. Weird. But ten games in a ball, one seventy five two eighty three two hundred, fourteen strikeouts in ten games, and then got a quad injury and he's out. So between the quad injury, And the small but not great sample size, they dropped him from 20 to 32. In retrospect, 20 may have been a little high to begin with. That's kind of been my assertion on this, but it's fine. The one to be worried about to me is Elijah Green, the outfitter for the Nationals. He went from 53 to 86. And it's something where we knew when he was drafted, he had a ton of tools but he was a high variance prospect. He could be really good. He could be really bad. And so far, we've seen more of the bad than the good. So, uh, last year for Elijah Green, he was entirely in rookie ball. Twelve games, three hundred two, four hundred four, five thirty five. Two home runs, six extra base hits. You're like, okay, that's a great slash line. It's a three four five, right? He struck out forty percent of the time. He had twenty one strikeouts in twelve games. This year. He is in low A in Fredericksburg. He has 23 games there. 239, 340, 352 with 46 home runs. He's also struck out 46 times. I'm sorry. He doesn't have 46 He has two home runs and 46 strikeouts. He struck out 46 times in 23 games. His strikeout rate is 45%. And a lot of it, there's two reasons for it. One is... Uh he is he cannot hit lefties. 118 batting average against lefties. He is two for twenty two with five walks and eight strikeouts against lefties. But then the other and the more concerning one is it's swing and miss in the zone. It's not like it's chase or it's he's just getting beat by good pitches. It's swing and miss at pitches in the strike zone. It's he's not fouling them all. He's just not hitting them. And so I understand why they dropped him down. Again, we knew this was a possibility. We knew he was going to have swing and miss in the game. I don't quite think we knew it was going to be this much. So uh, we really have to see some improvement this year for Elijah Green. And I'll remind you, he's 19 years old. You've got plenty of time for this, but just we have to work on that. Uh, One more show coming up this week and then a mailbag. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at LockedOnFarm. You can email us Locked in MLB prospects at gmail.com or drop your questions in a in MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description. Links in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.